Well, good morning, and I want to echo Matt's uh, wish for all of our fathers a happy, happy Father's Day. We do appreciate uh, you very, very much, uh, past and present, um, but we do wish for you a very uh, honorable day today. I want to look ahead a little bit for to one week from today, Lord willing. There are other events coming up this week, so uh, please uh, see your bulletin and listen to the announcements. But next Sunday afternoon, uh, there's a couple shower for uh, Jake and McKenna Brooks. Uh, then we'll, after recognizing them, honoring them, we'll have a worship service at 6. But we've invited the Chickasaw Church to come and worship with us as one church uh, next Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Uh, Chickasaw does not meet on Sunday evenings, and so they are available, and we've been wanting to invite them to come and be with us. So, Lord willing, next Sunday night, uh, members of the Chickasaw Church will come and join us for 6 p.m. worship. After that, we'd love to have a finger food fellowship uh, just for us to have that period of fellowship and get to know our brothers and si sisters of the Chickasaw Church. So, please. Uh, Plan to be here, bring some finger foods, but bring a heart uh, ready to get to know other brothers and sisters in Christ and, and worship and fellowship together. It was after Jesus was praying, uh, Luke tells us, Luke chapter 11, that his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. They had seen, no doubt, that in Jesus, uh, in his earthly ministry, that he would take the time and he would pray so, so very often. So they asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, therefore, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I want to stop there. But our Father in heaven, Jesus said, is the way he's teaching this model prayer for his disciples. This is how you pray. And he begins with our, our Father in heaven. We are accustomed to hearing that. That may sound uh, repetitious. Many of us have known uh, that model prayer for, for many, many years. And so we may just kind of gloss over that. But I want to suggest to you this morning that when Jesus said, pray like this, and he began that prayer, our Father in heaven, that that was... Remarkable. That was a, a new way or an astounding way to look at the God, the creator of heaven. But when Jesus said pray like this and acknowledge God as, as our father, he was exploding some wrong ideas about God. He exploded this idea that God is, is some kind of impersonal force. No, he said call God Father. He's exploding this idea that God is some kind of angry tyrant ready to zap you when you do something wrong. He said, no, pray our Father. He's exploding this idea that God is some apathetic creator, some, de some deistic God that, that created the universe and then wound it up and then just step back, steps back and lets it go. Jesus said, pray like this, our Father. Father, And I suggest to you that was a rather radical idea. 
If you peruse through the Old Testament, and I didn't count these, but I have read that there are some seven times, only seven times, in, from Genesis through Malachi, that God is called Father. He's known as the great creator, the maker of all things. Perhaps this line from the book of Amos 4.13 will give us an idea of how God was viewed by, by most he who forms the mountains creates the wind and reveals his thoughts to man. He who turns dawn to darkness and treads the high places of the earth. The Lord God Almighty is his name. And that's a majestic statement. It's, a, it's an appropriate description of our God and of his power and of the reverence, the respect that he deserves. But Jesus said, pray like this, our Father. Same God, same powerful, majestic God. But Jesus is telling us, approach Him as our Father. In Matthew 6, where this text is found of the model prayer, Jesus calls God Father 12 times. He wants us to know God as Father. Hugo McCord said the most endearing and precious impression of God is not that he has unlimited power, nor that he is the judge of all, but that he is our Father. Our Father. I recognize with you that for some, Father doesn't bring, it, it has a negative connotation. For some, the word Father conjures up a negative image, even when we call God Father. But the beauty of it is no matter what kind of father that you have or may have had, we have some fathers that help us see God more clearly and some do not portray him as he is. But no matter what kind of father you have or have had, I want to point you this morning to the heavenly father. He is all that a father should be. And the wonderful thing about it, he is our father. I want to focus in on those four words, our Father in heaven, but emphasizing those words individually. Notice Jesus says, our Father, our Father. In the South, we, that's a two-syllable word, our. <laughs> our Father who in heaven. And what that tells us immediately and throughout this model prayer, Jesus speaks in the plural, our Father. The word our means that you're in a fellowship and a community of God's children around the world. In order to say, to be able to say or our father or my father, you must be in a relationship to him. Each of us belongs to God by right of creation. He created us in his image. He, therefore, he, we deserve, he deserves our allegiance, our dedication to him. But even more, he wants us to be he is by right of recreation. And that refers to the new birth. It refers to when we confess our faith that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died for us so that we can be reconciled to God. And we turn from our sin and repentance. We're baptized into Christ. We're born again into His family. And when we, ex when we go experience the new birth in baptism... We're born into God's family and we have that privilege of calling God and knowing God as our Father. 
by saying our Father, we're also admitting that I'm not the only one in the world who has a concern to bring to God. So many times our prayers can become very selfish and me-oriented. But when we pray our Father, we're recognizing that I'm not the only one who, who has struggles. I'm not the only one who has needs. I'm part of a community of people that are calling God Father and we have needs and we can pray for one another because He is our Father. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And when we pray our Father and we pray on behalf of one another, we're helping one another bear those burdens. But secondly, Jesus says, Our Father in heaven. Our Father. And we'll have more to say about this in a moment, but notice immediately <clears throat> that Jesus is informing us that there is one in heaven who hears and knows and understands and cares about us. And we can call him Father. Sons and daughters have access to their father. That's a big part of what being a father is all about. My children don't have to set up an appointment to come and speak with me. I welcome them anytime. We don't have to set up an appointment to meet with God. He is available anytime for any of us. And He oversees us, even though He's overseeing the world. And, and He sees seven billion people with all their troubles and cares. He's always attentive to the cries, to the prayers of His children. That's what Jesus is informing us. When he says, pray like this, our Father. And then thirdly, our Father in heaven. When we pray this way, we're pray we realize we're praying to the one who has the power to help us. Our Father in heaven is not just distinguishing that God is, is not an earthly father. But it's also, and it's not just saying where God is. Many times we have that view of God that he is way up in heaven and we're down on this earth and he doesn't know what's going on in our lives that nothing could be further from the truth one writer suggests this consider this phrase in heaven to mean heaven as the seat of all authority and power and dominion and greatness we're on earth we pray from a position of weakness or comparative insignificance when you think about the vastness of this universe. But God is in the seat of all authority and all power. And when we say our Father in heaven, we're proclaiming that He has the authority and power to hear us and to help us when we pray. But let's come back to Father. Our Father in heaven. What kind of Father is God? What kind of Father is God? Number one, our Father in heaven is a caring Father. Is a caring Father. Jesus wanted us to know that we are loved and cared for. That we matter to God. That God cares about us deeply. He's interested in us. One of the few times that Father is used in the Old Testament to refer to God is Psalm 103, verse 13. And it says this, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion 
on those who fear him. But I think about Jesus' statement in Matthew chapter 7. He's talking, he's encouraging us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. And he talks about which of you fathers, when your son asks for bread, will give him a stone. And he comes to this conclusion, if you then, being evil, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give to those who ask him? He's even more compassionate, more caring than an earthly father. He cares for us, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. One person said, my problem is I don't love God enough. And that person was said, no, that's probably not the problem. The problem is you don't realize how much God loves you. And if we recognize just how much God loves us and cares for us, then our response will easily be to love God more. Not only is our Father a caring Father, He's a consistent Father. He's a consistent Father. He's reliable. He can be counted upon. He's dependable. He's worthy of trust. James 1.17 Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God is consistent consistent some fathers are unpredictable they're fickle we can be moody at times and and our children may not know what to expect and the danger of it is inconsistent fathers produce insecure children but when we think about our heavenly father he is the definition of consistency he doesn't change he is trustworthy. He is faithful. He can be counted upon. He keeps His word. He keeps His promises. Psalm 145 verse 13 says, The Lord is faithful to all His promises and loving toward all that He has made. When Jesus encourages us to pray, Our Father, He's reminding us God cares about us. He is consistent Number three, he's also a close father. A close father. Our father in heaven is also near. You remember Acts 17 when Paul is preaching to the Athenians about, well, using as a backdrop this altar with the inscription to the unknown God, to an unknown God. It seems that the Athenians had so many idols to so many different gods, they in, in fear of they might have missed one, they had this inscription. Well, Paul used that as a basis for his lesson. This God that is unknown to you, I proclaim to you. And he started telling them of the one true God. And here are some things that he said about the one true God. He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they have... They should seek the Lord and hope that they might grope for him and find him. Notice, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Our Father in heaven is not just in heaven. He is around us. He is near. He is close. 
Today, many children grow up with absentee fathers. Fathers are so busy, uh, frequently not at home. And many times when we are at home, we're, we are aloof. We're not in tune with our family, with our children. We have absentee fathers, and that, that uh, brings a lot of negative consequences to our children. But that's not the way that our Heavenly Father is. He's not detached. He's not aloof. He's a close God. Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. Here's a passage that has meant a lot to me, to our family, and no doubt to many of you uh, this past week. Psalm 34, verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Sometimes things happen in this world that just knock us off of our feet. Things that we wish we had an explanation from God as to why he allowed it to happen. There are times in our lives and in this world when we're not going to be able to answer those questions. But God is calling us to continue to trust Him. But also He's calling us to trust that He is near. That He is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Our God is a close Father. Our Father in heaven is a correcting Father. A correcting Father. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11, speak to this. Let me read this passage to you. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, and nor be weary when reproved by him. He's quoting Proverbs 3. For the Lord disciplines those, the one that he loves, and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us, their earthly fathers disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But He, God, disciplines us for our good that we may share in His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You see, we need to have a proper image and understanding of who God is. He is a father. He is close and he is caring. He's compassionate. But folks, he's also a correcting father. He has uh, given us his will through his word about what he expects of his children. And part of his discipline that he, that he gives us is sometimes allowing us when we choose to disobey him to suffer the consequences of, the, of that disobedience. 
like allowing the prodigal son to go his own way for a period of time until he learns the error of his ways. But any time that our Father exercises discipline in our lives, it's because He loves us. And again, He's calling us to Himself and to His perfect will. So our Father is a correcting Father, but He's also a capable Father. A capable Father. Nothing is beyond His ability, His resources. Luke 1.37, nothing is impossible with God. Little children often think their dads can do anything. That dad knows all things. That, that dad can fix anything and that he can afford everything. He is omnipotent, omniscient, omniscient and Mr. Moneybags. But then as they grow older, as we grow older, we realize our dad's can be heroes to us, but they're not God. Earthly fathers have their limitations, but our Heavenly Father has unlimited resources, unlimited knowledge, unlimited power. Our Father in heaven is omnipotent. To Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, Paul calls forth our praise of our Father. So we can think of the biggest issue, the biggest problem in our lives. We can know this our God, our Father, is bigger than that. He can handle it. Paul said with conviction, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So on this Father's Day, let's turn our hearts to our Heavenly Father, our Father in Heaven. But again, in order to pray like this, we must be children of God. And the beauty of it is, He wants each and every person in the world to be a child of His. But we must be born again into His family. Paul says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Again, when we confess our faith in Jesus, when we turn from sin, turn to follow Jesus as a way of life, when we're baptized into Christ, we're born again into his family. And we're able to say with conviction and confidence when we're praying to God, our Father. 1 John 3, verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. You think about the love that our Father has lavished upon us. And I love that term, lavished. He's not demonstrated it a little bit. He's de demonstrated it profusely. And we see that profuse love, if you will, that overflowing Overabundant love, especially in the price that he paid so that you and I can be children of God. This is how God showed his love among us, John says. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is the love, not, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son 
as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Jesus gave his life for us so that we could become children of God and say and pray, our Father in heaven. Are you a child of God this morning? You can be. You can be a Christian if you'll just respond in the ways that have been outlined in, in response to what Jesus has done for us on the cross. If you're ready to be baptized into Christ as a penitent believer, or if you need the prayers of the church so that we can pray together our Father for you, we'd love to do that. If you're subject to the invitation of Jesus, please come right now as we stand and sing.